Okay, hello and welcome back to Bubble Radio. This week I'll be bringing you an English episode. I'm connected with Australian 52 kilo powerlifting athlete. She's 2018 Australian national champion in the 52 kilo weight class, and she has also competed in World Classic Powerlifting Championships in 2019. Uh, Hidemi Poon, thank you, Demi, for making the time to be on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is my first time doing, doing any, anything like this.、No, yeah, just let's roll. Yeah, and so maybe for those who may not know who you are, I know that majority of my listeners are Japanese or from Japan. And since you have. A Japanese name. Can you please like clarify maybe your ethnicity and your upbringing for those that are wondering? Yes. So, my legal name、um, is Hidemi Shishido, which、um, is who I go by, I guess, in the powerlifting world.、Um, I am half Japanese, half Korean.、Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is Japanese. My mom's Korean. I was born in Tokyo. Right. I went to high school for two years in Tokyo. Have very, very fond memories of going out and eating lots of good food there. <laughs> of course, yeah.、Um, otherwise, I came to Australia when I was seven and pretty much have been here ever since. Nice, okay. Yeah. yeah, just had to clarify that before we get started. And I also have to ask,、um, start the episode with this. Like, I'm not too familiar with the coronavirus situation in Australia. I believe I just checked this morning. You guys have had 124 cases in the last 24 hours. How is APU managing like the powerlifting meets and are they having、uh, meets as usual?、Um, they're not having the meets as often as they would. A lot of them have been postponed or cancelled or rescheduled. I believe, I think. Victorians are still in a hard lockdown, so、mm. I don't think there's any comps going around.、Mm-hmm. In terms of New South Wales, there are definitely comps going around with limited numbers, lots, lots of、uh, social distancing,、right. um, following the guidelines that the, the government has given us.、Mm-hmm. So we're very fortunate that、um, we're still able to hold competitions and、right. yeah, people are still able to participate.、Mm. What, what are some of the precautions that they are taking with meets and stuff like that? To be honest,、um, I have not kept up with it as, just because I haven't really competed at all this year.、Right. But you know, basic things like face mask, social、right. distancing as much as possible,、um, restricting numbers of athletes as well as、mm-hmm. spectators、um, would definitely be some of them. Okay, all right. And、um, I know that、um, some of your training. May be affected. How is your training this year going with considering everything?、Um, it's picked up post quarantine.、Mm-hmm. Um, so I competed and like trained for like two years full time. Right. And I mean, that's everything. I've only been lifting for that long anyway.、Mm-hmm. And I think at the beginning of the year, like I was really pumped to get some big numbers, but I think also mentally, I was a little bit. Not over it, but a bit tired. Right.、And、so for me personally, quarantine was like a really good break. Break, yeah. I, I used to train five days a week to,、mm-hmm. I would train maybe once, maybe twice a week. Yeah.、Um, and only like what I felt like I was given a program by my coach, but you know, did I follow it? That is questionable. Right. 
I ate what I wanted to, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, ha- have I been on track during quarantine? No, mm-hmm. but I think my body felt good for it. Yeah. And then once the restrictions lifted and the gyms opened up, um, I was ready to get back into it. Mm-hmm. And it's taken a little while to build back up. But yep. in terms of um, where I am now, I think I'm pretty happy with where I am considering I had a good three months off. Mm-hmm. And we were prepping for nationals in October, but it looks like it's cancelled. It is cancelled. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because at the moment, nationals were supposed to be in Queensland mm. and the borders were still shut. And right. So... It's cancelled. Right. Um, we'll still have a max out party at some point. Right. Important. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been good. I think a lot of people have fallen off track, but I think also a lot of people have pushed forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. If you're upset about it, that's your problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what you've done. Yeah. I'm not upset about it that I, I pulled back a bit. I think mm-hmm. my body needed it mentally. Mm-hmm. I was really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I work in health, um, right. so it, it was a busy time for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy with it. And the people that pushed through and got their PBs, good on them, you yeah. know. Um, they've come out the other end way better than they were before. So. Mm. And I guess, yeah, and for you to be, you know, lifting full-on hard into training for five days a week, you know, getting your diet, everything correctly and, you know, must be, you must be having like mental and physical fatigue and everything and it must be nice to sometimes let go and re- literally be forced to rest, right, almost? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, how how did you ease back into training? Because I know that, like, uh, for me, myself, I'm still having a hard time trying to ease myself back into training after quarantine. I feel like I'm super detrained. Mm. Yeah. I, definitely, like, just starting off light, you know? Yeah. Like, um, like, to build muscle again. Mm-hmm. I'm out, am I allowed to swear on this? Go ahead. Oh, oh okay. You, okay. You go ahead, yep. Yeah. Look, um, like I felt like a fat shit initially. Yeah. And I was a fat shit. Um, but, you know, starting low intensity, so lightweight, mm-hmm. high reps, I was so sore for like a few weeks. Mm. Um, yeah, but that's that's how you begin. I think when you're detrained, it's easy to feel unmotivated, like, oh, I'm so weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but... You just have to keep building on it. Mm. And I think that's one of the biggest things that this sport has taught um, taught me mm-hmm. um, over the last few years because I'm a, such a all-in or all-out kind of person. Like right. If it doesn't work, fuck it. Mm. I give up. I hate this, you know. Mm-hmm. But this sport is about playing the long game. Right. And just build and build literally brick by brick. Yeah. Um, because if you just try and push too hard, you're either going to break mm-hmm. under the pressure uh, or you're just going to hate it because you suck. Yeah. You need that right kind of balance, right, of controlling your emotion yeah. and being somewhat detached to your numbers and your performance and your past That's results. It, yeah. yeah, but still having that passion and and patience to stick with the sport. I think that's, yeah, that's really mm-hmm. important. 
Um, so I know that, um, as you said, Nationals is cancelled in October. Uh, what are some of the, what is your next meet? Do you have anything in mind or are you just going along with whatever? Competition-wise? Yes. Um, no, I have nothing planned. Mm. Um, I actually um, registered for a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu conf in July. Nice, okay. Um, yeah, I, I just got into that this year because my I felt like I wanted to do something different, you know, yeah. like powerlifting is like squat bench dead, mm. squat bench dead, mm. and it's just – it's awesome, but you know, it gets to a point where your body's sort of bored of it. And yeah. um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is so, um, what's the word, like dynamic, you know? Yeah, there's a and lot so, of factors involved. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's so good. I love it. And um, registered for a comp, it got cancelled. Oh. That sucks. Um, so I'd like to do like a comp at some point, like yeah. obviously beginners, but mm. that. In terms of like having a plan comp, no, nothing at the moment. Mm. I believe um, we're just going to have a max out party sometime in October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think it's really cool about um, you wanting to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Why did you decide to do that? Like out of everything that's like martial arts, why did you decide to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Um, it's kind of in right now, kind of, right? Yeah, probably. Um, it's probably the most accessible for me at the right, moment okay. like again this goes into like what's available um what's yeah it's just close by yeah the the, the class times work um and it's dynamic i just thought i'd give it a go that's yeah. it really no, no particular reason mm. yeah but it's like like a completely different sport right like like with powerlifting, you're competing pretty much with the bar and with yourself. But Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you're competing with an opponent, opponent. So it must be like a like a, a fresh stimulus for you. Oh, 100%. I think like the first time I rolled, yeah. um, I came off the mat like almost about to throw up. Because really? it like, is like a completely different use of the energy systems. And like, you know, you do like one reps two reps on the bar, like you're sweet, you have like a few minute rest, you chat, you're on your phone. Mm. Whereas like when you're rolling with someone, someone's trying to like, you know, choke you out. And you're right. Like, Fuck, I'm going to choke you out, <laughs> you know. Um, and obviously in the beginning, um, all I have is strength with no technique. So right. all I was doing is like muscling people around, mm. which is really um, a waste of energy really. Right. Um yeah, so I was just using a lot of energy, um, not knowing what I was doing. I think now I'm still much a beginner, but knowing like what positions I want to be in, I don't want to be in, and knowing when to like use my strength and all that, like it definitely helps. Mm. I guess um, it's. I think definitely it's like with any sport, like the more you do it and the mm. more you get experience in it, the more you realize how. Um, there is definitely an art to the sport, right. like both JJ as well as powerlifting. Mm. Yeah. Do you ever, like, get scared, really? Because I know it's also an emotional battle as well, like controlling your emotions. Like, I, I, I would assume that if I did fight with someone, then I would be kind of scared. I don't know how it feels um, like to roll. Yeah. yeah. 
Not really scared yeah. because, um, like, it's pretend fighting, let's be honest. Mm. Like, you can tap out. Yeah. And you're supposed to um, tap out before mm. you get hurt yeah. if you're smart enough. Um, sometimes I do get worried about injuries. Like, the other week um, I was wrestling with a, a lady and um, she just sort of, like, rolled me the wrong way and my ankle went a little bit funny and mm, okay. I can still feel it. It's been about a week and my ankle's still not a hundred percent, but like, it's not, I know that it's not a long-term injury. Like I think I've just sprained it just a tad. Right. Um, okay. So the, rather than wrestling anyone, it's more the fear of being injured because right. if you're injured, you can't, you know, do anything. Health is number one. You yeah. Know? So okay. if you're injured, you can't train. Mm. So, but in saying that, if you're scared of being injured and that's why you're not doing something, like then you can't really do anything, right? <laughs> you're never going to get yeah, anywhere. That's true. So yeah. you just have fun. Take it as it goes. Mm. And do you think like um, doing this a busy day, like do you think that helped you with powerlifting training in any way, shape, or form? BJJ? Yeah. Um, yeah, like it's helped me to realize how good having strength is. Right, okay. Yeah, like certain things in BJJ, like if you're in a position, you can't get out because, you know, whereas if, you, if you're stronger than the other person, like you can just muscle certain things. So there is an advantage. Mm. Um, yeah, not, maybe not so much yet. Like I've really only started this year, um, in terms of BJJ and I go maybe like once to like two times a week Okay. just because of my work schedule. Mm. And also we've had like three or four months off during quarantine because it's obviously, um, it's a high contact sport. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really I've only done it for like maybe four months, mm. three, four months. Um, they're still very new. Um, I'm sure there would be some things that I carry over into both sports. Um, but, yeah, no, nothing that, nothing extensive that I can talk about. <laughs> Still very much a beginner. No, I'm really, really looking forward to it. If you, like, get to compete sometime soon. And also, um, I know that uh, through your Instagram posts that you've done a little bit of strongman and stuff like that as well, right? Like, you're trying all these different things. Just trying. Yeah. Have I done a comp? No. Like in terms of strongman, I've, I've just, I think it's like only one thing I've done, which is um, that log press yeah. that I did with Mitch. Um, I think I was at the gym and I was like, it's there, let's give it a go. Yeah. Um, and we just did one. Yeah, and then I haven't nice. done one ever since. Okay. So, yeah. I cannot say that I'm a strong man. Yeah, yeah, but I know that um you like trying all different kinds of things and it just makes me wonder, like, how did you get into training in the first place? Yes, definitely like trying things. I dabble in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of getting into lifting, mm-hmm. like in general, like, oh, like I, I, I'm a personal trainer, so like I just lift things here and there. And then um, I think it was end of 2017, I just um, got really bored of my own training. Like I had no goal for a long time. Mm. And 
my friend who was also a trainer at the time at the same gym, I just said to him, hey, I'm really bored. Let's do something. I need yeah. you to write me a program. I need to be accountable because, again, I'm a fat shit. Um, <laughs> and he was like, why don't we focus on strength? And I was like, okay. And then I followed the program probably about 50% mm. um, for about two months. And I'll be honest, like I'm naturally a little bit strong. Right. Like I'm not like a like a beginner mm. lifter, you right. know. So like. Like, if you look at my build, I'm pretty stocky. So, okay. like, I'm naturally a little bit strong. And he was like, you've got potential, but you got to train. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, because my training was still 50%, um, he was like, you need a goal. And I'm like, yeah, bro. Um, and we um, decided to go for, like, a novice comp at powerlifting. Right. At that point, honestly, even though I was in the fitness industry, like, I didn't really know what powerlifting was. Right. Like, I didn't really care for it, okay. to be honest. I was like, how boring, squat, bench and dead. <laughs> yeah. And they said, we registered for it. And I think like when I registered, I was like, oh, yeah, like if I'm going to do it, like I've got to do it right. Mm. But I still didn't. Um, we were, <laughs> I literally, my, my very first comp um, was the Adonis novice comp at Campbelltown, I think beginning of 2018, January. Okay. And um, I came back from a, a holiday from the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. 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 Awesome place, lots of food. Yeah, lots of drinking. Did I train? No. So like my first comp was like I didn't even train properly. Right. I just did bits and pieces. Okay. And then I came back two days before the comp. Mm-hmm. We came back to Sydney and – uh, my friend Mia was like, "Have you trained?" I'm like, "Nah." We're just gonna <laughs> Love it. Yeah, literally, he was just like facepalming, you know, like seriously. Um, and then anyway, I had like the best time. Yeah, because it was a nice comp, and you know, once you get there, you're like, "Yeah, I do want to do my best mm-hmm. for that day, you know, what I can." And I got some like, I guess, some pretty decent numbers. Um, and the rest is history. I think like once I did the comp, um, I was very fortunate enough. Um, people voted. We, we got like a little prize. Okay. Best and fairest. Um, and I got a little prize pack, which was um, from Harris Stability. Is um, my first set of knee knee wraps, Ooh, knee sleeves, sorry, knee knee sleeves and wrist wraps. Oh, so that's when yeah, you first t-shirt. got your knee sleeves and everything like that. You yeah, didn't yeah, have it yeah. I that. My very first comp, <laughs> okay. um, I had a, I had a belt actually from mm. Chic, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I grew out of that. Uh, yeah, I just, I just competed with a belt. Yeah. yeah, and it's crazy, right? Like shortly after you're competing at Worlds. Yeah, the next year. Yeah, I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> Literally, like it was just like a whole new world sort of opened up. And so after my first comp, I did another novice comp. Yep. Just to see. Um, and then I enjoyed it and mm. um, <clears throat> I increased my total. And then from there, it just sort of like rolled on to states, nationals. And then again, it was just like really good timing, you know. Yep. Um, everything just sort of rolled and happened for me. Mm. Um, 
yeah, it was just um, very fortunate. It was just good timing. I yeah. Have to say. What was like your first uh, meet numbers like? Um, <clears throat> so I think I was I weighed in like just over fifty five kilos. Okay. Um, also, you yeah, were fifty seven at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like I came back from a very good holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, I did no dieting, so yeah. I think yeah, it's probably more my natural weight at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even heavier because I was on a holiday, but you know, yeah, but yeah, just over fifty-five, and my squat was one fifteen. Whoa, <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> it was Con- okay, considering um, you didn't train. Or nothing. Honestly, like I look back and it's a bit cringe. Like I did nothing, nothing <laughs> useful. Um, and my bench was fifty. Okay. And my deadlift was also one fifteen. Hmm. Yeah. Not- and those numbers, like. I know that, of course, they're, like, going up usually, like, right now even. But have you ever, like, plateaued or anything like that? Or is everything is still going, moving pretty good? Um, 100%. Like, I feel like my squat's pretty consistent. Mm. My, my strongest lift is definitely the squat. My squat has been consistent. They've always felt pretty good. Mm. Uh, my bench, I had a massive plateau. Like, honestly, if you look at my numbers, like, 50 didn't move mm. for about a year. And it was just technique. Um, okay. I yeah, I've never worked upper body mm. prior to lifting, like properly. You yeah. know, um, even like it's it's a bit embarrassing, but even as a trainer, um, because I'm naturally stocky as well. Like I just, I'll do a couple of upper body work like exercises, but I never really smashed myself trying to increase size or strength in, mm. in the upper body. It's never something I've done. So I've really only started training upper body properly in the last two years. Right. Um, but on top of that, it was just 50 was so easy, but I couldn't get 52 and a half. <laughs> it was just, it was just, you know, like, a like I don't even have to warm too. up. I can do it. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. And it was just really getting the um, technique right. Mm. Um, and once I got the technique right, literally went from 50 to 67 and a half. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So like the strength was there, but I just didn't know what I was doing, you know, because, mm. you know, you're a beginner and as you know, like with powerlifting, <clears throat> it's strength, but it's also a lot of technique. Yeah. Especially um, bench as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes. And then 67 and I think now I'm sort of hit that plateau where like, I just, I'm just weak. I just need to get a bit stronger and and push push some numbers because um, I think my my comp bench PB is seventy two and a half, mm. which is okay. But yeah. when I compare it to other people, it's like nothing. How did you like get your technique right? Was it something that someone else told you, or is that something that you realized yourself and you tried a little bit like different things out and then found out what was the best for you? Um, bit of both. Um, I think it was a big eye opener for me mm. when. Um, do, do you know Pay the powerlifting physio? No, I don't. She so the tag is um, powerlifting underscore physio. She okay. um, she's got a big bench and um i was just like i couldn't understand why yeah i was so shit (laughs) and she was so good yeah and i just said to her like 
what's your secret? Like, why are you so good at this? Mm. And she's obviously like, I don't know. Like, I'm national. Nah, she's awesome. Um, and she was just like telling me what she does and how she uses her back. You know? Okay. And, yeah. And you know how like when you do a bench press, it's like chest bra. It's a lot of chest, mm. which is true. But I feel like it's a lot more back back work. Right. Like you really need to get the lats to get tight. You need a lot of um, external rotation. Mm-hmm. That tightness, and yeah. I, did, I didn't understand the tightness mm, for a long time. Okay. So for me, when I when I felt like, and I feel like I still don't get it, you know. I don't think I get it either. Way more to learn, like yeah. Um, but when I first understood, felt like I understood the concept of tightness through the back, and why you actually arch instead mm. of making it look nice, like why you actually arch. Right. Um. Yeah, it was just much much easier mm. um, yeah yeah because um i was talking with you know aya fukumura fukumura aya from japan yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i was talking yeah. to her she i actually interviewed her maybe earlier this week and she was pretty much saying uh she also hit a plateau where she was doing the exact same thing all the time and she didn't know what was going wrong with it but when she actually seeked for help from other trainers and stuff like that and get, like, a third-person perspective on her bench press, like, she realized, like, the technique and why she wasn't, like, she tried new things. And then, like, her bench just exploded. So maybe thing like third-person perspective is very important as well instead of just... 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, no matter how good you are, there's always someone better, mm. you know? Um, and... To pick up on things and it's, you know, you don't have to change your whole technique because someone tells you to, but you just have to make it your own. You just got to tweak things because everyone's body is different, you know. Yeah. Like, for example, has like a massive arch. Mm. Like her range of motion is tiny, yeah. uh, which is awesome. Um, but again, someone who doesn't have that kind of arch, you know, would struggle with doing her technique, for example, mm. you know. So... You just got to ask around, give things a go yep. and see what works for you at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. and for you, it was probably a back issue, how you weren't engaging your back as much. Was it, and it wasn't anything like a, like a weakness thing. It was more of like you trying to engage it to put that into your, to your lift, like so that you can incorporate Yeah, initially it. it was definitely all technique. Like I just was trying to, venture with my you know chest and shoulders mm. and I could do that to that point of 50 I guess but beyond 50 I needed a bit more technique and then now um you know I've that um tightness is a bit more natural I you know however now it's probably more of a strength issue where I'm just weak <laughs> But imagine like um, how many people that you could benefit with that because I know that people have no idea why their bench isn't growing. Like maybe a single, you know, realization like that could really like boost your bench and I think it could be- 100%. Benefit. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And um, you got to be open to constructive criticism. Yeah. And a lot of people no. aren't, right? Yeah. And... 
that's fine. If you want to be shit, be shit, you know? Like there's, I feel like in the powerlifting community, like, because it's like, you know, you know, I think it's an Instagram thing. Everyone's a friggin' Insta fitness model, you know? So no one's open to anything. Yeah, just do you, I guess, you know? Yeah. It's definitely good to have your eyes open and be accepting of new ideas or else you probably... That's it, yeah, ask around. And and it's not always people that are better than you that can give you advice as well. Mm. Um, you know, people might not lift as much as you, but you can definitely learn from them in terms of how they think and how yeah. they look at things and, and, and learn from that too. It's not, yeah, mm. want to stress that a lot. It's not just from your coach, not just from people that lift more better than you yeah. yeah learn from the community because yeah um we can all learn from each other mm, definitely yeah that's i think that's a really really important message and also with your your deadlift how is that going like have you hit a plateau or anything or is it going pretty smooth mm, deadlifts are always very challenging um again it's it's one of my very frustrating lifts yeah because i see people who have you know, the, the squats aren't as big, but then the deadlift is like 50 kilos, 60 kilos heavier than the squat. And yeah. I just, again, um, it's I can't understand why my deadlift isn't as big as other people's, you mm. know. And it comes down to, again, 100% technique. Right. And it's fucking weak. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, you, like, people are so focused on like, oh, this technique, this angle, mm. and oh, thinner shoes, grippy shoes, my belt, you know, all definitely will add up to, to some point. But yeah. at, at the end of the day, if you can't lift it, you're fucking weak. Mm, that so, is true. Um, yeah. So um, I initially started off conventional and okay. slowly moved on to sumos now. Mm-hmm. And I definitely feel sumos are easier than conventionals however you know it, it is a bit of a struggle street like mm. like my pb have been going up mm-hmm. on comp day it always feels good for mm. some reason but during training um it, it is quite difficult i have to really psych myself up for deadlifts because right. i know that like um it's it's not my best and stuff like that yeah i was thinking about it this morning actually mm. um I'm, I'm pretty like i had a squat session and I felt really good. Mm. And I was coming home like, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I don't go into my deadlift and bench sessions the way I go into my squat sessions. Like with squats, I'm, I'm really excited um, to do it. And I'm like, fuck yeah, like this is the number that I want to hit today. Yeah. Um, and I go in there like fucking pumped, you know. Mm. Whereas like with bench and dead, like I'll go in like, oh, okay, this is the numbers that I would like to hit today. I hope it feels good. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do all my little warm-ups, which I don't. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try my best. Yeah. Like I'm more soft by going into it. Um, and then I go in there and I'm like, oh, that's fucking hard. Do you think, you like, know? do you feel that way about squats because it's your, your strongest lift? Yeah, yeah, probably. Mm. Yeah, I would, I would have to say so. Yeah. yeah, but like with squats, I'm like running into. It. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna smash this. Yeah, I'm gonna make you my. Bitch. 
Whereas with like um with bench and deads, I'm definitely more like hello, you know, like <laughs> I'm here, I'm going to move this. Um, I'm definitely a lot softer. Mm. Yeah, and it's something that I, you know, it's, it's always again always obvious in hindsight, but it's something that I sort of realized today that I really need to walk into the bench and dead sessions like a bit more like aggressively mm. um, you know yeah maybe change my attitude as yeah well. going in aggressively being like i'm gonna do everything perfect oh, more oh. like more okay like more mentally there yeah like excited to lift right yeah like doing um bench and deads for me is like oh, okay, I'm going to do it because it's part of my program and yeah. you know, I have to lift it at comp, yeah. you know. If there was like a score-only comp, I would be like so happy. Yeah. But obviously that's not the case. So, yeah, like I think I have to like want it a bit more. And mm-hmm. it's always, I guess, harder when you are sort of hitting a plateau. Yes. Not necessarily a plateau, but, you know, it's just a lift that you're generally not that excited about. Because if, if I was increasing and they felt good like i would walk into it like yeah this is awesome Mm. but um because it's like um a lift that i have to really mentally prepare myself for and want to have to be excited about it it's definitely um harder yeah because i don't know because you would think that even if you didn't go in it with a you know like mentally be there as long as your body is doing it then like maybe people will think that it's it doesn't make much of a difference you know like whether you're mentally into it or not but because your body's going through the same workout like you know you're doing the same movement but do you think that that mental attachment or like you being really really hyped up about it really helps you with your your total or like getting stronger with that lift Oh, yeah, 100%. I think, like, how you feel in your head is so important. Mm. Um, But then, like, you have to, you know, I think you said before, like, you have to control your emotions, you Mm. know, Um, because sometimes you walk in, like, so pumped and then you have the shittest session of your life. Yeah. Like, what happened? Like, everything felt so good. Um. Yeah, and it just was like when you walk out like that was shit, mm. you know. And sometimes you walk in there like, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm just gonna do it. And then you walk out and like, fuck, that was amazing, yeah. you know. So it's vice versa. Like you have to like you, you go with how you feel, but mm. also you can't trust that all the time as well. Yeah. Um, and again, it's again, this is what powerlifting has taught me is like you just do it. Mm. You know, and you just do it. You put in the work. Yep. Um, sometimes you'll you'll kill it, and sometimes mm-hmm. you'll just be like, "Wow, that almost felt like it was a waste of time." Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you've done what you needed to do, and you walk away feeling like, you know, at least you've moved your body today, mm-hmm. um, and it'll show yeah. um, at comp time or you know when you're doing that one RM time. And again, it's just that that philosophy of brick by brick yeah every brick counts you know yeah and i and i guess like you know like being an elite lifter and stuff like that it must be you must like attach it must be hard to detach yourself from your numbers as well but that's also a really important aspect i think 
yeah like, having a number in mind and wanting to hit that but not being too attached to them whether that yeah. you know that would be like oh fuck i'm really disappointed i couldn't hit it i'm like a piece of shit yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. sometimes i walk out feeling like a piece of shit yeah for mm. sure um again this is also what i tell my clients as well sometimes you just have those days mm. where you're just not feeling that you know uh, and, it, and it could be due to, like, fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think for a female, let's be honest, like you go through that monthly yep. um, period, yep. you're just feeling like shit, you mm. know. Um, it could be that. It could be something else going on in your life. Um, numbers are numbers at the end of the day. And if you're going to feel down because of one day and that puts you off training, you need to find something else. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, I think it's good to know that you have your shit days and you have your good days. Mm. And on your shit days, you just think about, okay, that was shit, Mm. and you just fucking move on. Yeah. And then that's it. Like you can mull over it. And I'm guilty of that. Like I'll have a shit day and it will just put me off for the rest of the day. I'll just be like really sad. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I will be really sad about it. Um, but then the next day you're just like, well, today is not yesterday. Mm. Um, and then usually the next session, like, will be much, much better. You know, it's, it's just one of those things you can't expect to, to build every single day. And otherwise everyone will be so strong. Just imagine the number of time, um, number of hours we put into this, you know, like each training session Mm. is a long time. So Mm -hmm. Um, expect to have shit days and when you do you just get over it really yeah and and it's hard because there there must be a lot of factors involved not just because maybe you're tired or something like that there, there's probably a lot of things involved and sometimes like not knowing what why you're having a shit day is also very frustrating too but it's just it's just how it is right it is what it is 100% yeah like yeah. you can sit there and analyze all you want why that session was shit but like mm-hmm. let's face it it was shit, full stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, exactly. Really important. Yeah. And I know you, you like, juggle a lot of things in your life. I mean, like, everyone does. But you're, you know, you're an elite lifter. You also work full-time. You're an EMT, am I right? Like a paramedic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And you're, you're also mm-hmm. raising two children. Mm-hmm. How do you have the time in your life to do all of that Mm. um with with oh with help you know it's always a support Mm. thing my husband is super supportive of of, um what i want to do also i'm fortunate that my kids are much older Mm. they're eight and 13 at the moment right but the 13 year old's pretty Mm self-sufficient the eight-year-old um like he's pretty good too and mm. my husband he's a school teacher so he's actually much better with kids than I am to be okay. honest yeah um that's awesome so they have their own thing going you know I have my own thing going and then we just make it work I guess mm. I think if my kids were a lot younger and they needed more physical attention yeah um it would definitely be hard but I think mm. um with kids, like the younger they are, the more physical, like emotional too, mm-hmm. but like you, you need more of that physical attention because 
you need to be around them so they don't slip and crack their head, you know? Yeah. Whereas when they're older, like, they have their own thing happening. They have their own life and their, their friends and yeah. their hobbies. Um, and you just have to be there for them more emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in terms of um, training and work, it's, yeah. it's been quite challenging, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but as a full-time personal trainer, it was much easier. Mm. Know, I had a routine. I trained when I want to, ate when I want to, rested mm-hmm. when I wanted to, and and pretty much my clients, um, I scheduled around my schedule. Um, with this job, you know, we have 12-hour shifts right. with um, the potential to go over time. Mm-hmm. Meal breaks, we get them, but we seldom get them, if you know what I mean, because mm. we'll be having a break and if, you know, there's a job, there's a job. Yeah. Um, so it's it's definitely challenging like physically and mentally um, trying to fit training around it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, before it was like a seven-day program where I would train for five days. Yep. Um, you know, simple Monday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now my work schedule is quite different. Um, we work for four days and yeah. we have five days off. Mm. Um, and you think that five days off is an awesome, actual thing. which yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, but during those four days, it's 12-hour shifts. Right. Um, again, with the potential to go over time, it's really hard to um, get any good training sessions out during those four days. Mm-hmm. So I've spoken with my coach, Amir from Adonis, um, that rather than a seven-day program, I need a nine-day program mm-hmm. that, you know, from that four days on, five days off, yeah. and we work around that. So it's it's a bit different now. Um, my workload in those four days, like my training workload, is a lot less. Mm-hmm. And then during the five days that I've, I have off is when I'll have my um, more high-intensity training days. Right. So you still yeah. train all throughout the, the week and stuff like that. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I try and do as much as I can. Yeah. And, um, you know, quite easily, like, I'll miss a day because mm. I'm just too buggered. And if that's the case, like, I'll make up for it on the days off. Like, right. I'll, I'll try and keep up with it as much as I can. But, um Again, the main thing is communication with your coach, yep. which I personally uh, am not that good at. Like I, I will do my own thing and it's only when I'm, I, I'm feeling really good or like I'm feeling really shit, I'll send a message to me and be like, mm, and, you know, we'll, we'll have a chat about it. Yeah. Um, but that's just me, you know. Some mm. people really need that daily interaction with their coach and update and feedback, update feedback. Yeah. Um, for them to like be motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm I don't necessarily need that daily contact with my right. coach um, to to stay motivated. If anything, like I feel like um, micromanaged. Mm-hmm. If, if, you, if you know what I mean. If mm. if I had someone who was on my back all the time, like yeah, because I, I'm sort of like that personality. Like if someone forces that forces me to do something. I'll be like, Mm-mm, yeah. I, like, everything I do, I do because I want to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it works well. Like he's like every now and then he'll be like, hey, I haven't heard from you in like two weeks. How's it going? And I'm like, oh, yeah, fine. Wait. You know? Yeah. And he's like, you need to like set up weekly meets, or, like meetings like mm. on Zoom. And I'm like, okay. 
and then yeah. like we'll chat for like 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, you know what they say, no news is good news. <laughs> so I, I'm just one of those people, yeah. like I'll do what I want to do mm-hmm. and um, I'll, I'll keep them updated when I need to. Yeah, and your your training schedule and everything like that is probably like not like ideal, right, when other people look at it, but you just you make it work for yourself like you you shape training to suit your schedule and that's why it works right 100 percent. yeah mm. it's got to work for you you know yeah yeah okay definitely and um i also talked to aya about a master's athlete who's gone uh, pregnancy and then have still been into a powerlifting and has your body changed a lot? I, I don't know. Maybe people can take a message from this or like important information out of this. Like, have your body changed after pregnancy? And like, do you think that powerlifting is something that you that you can recommend for people who after you gave birth or something? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, it's been a while. Yeah, pregnant. Like at mm. least at least like nine years now. Um, I was very young when I had my first um, child, mm. my daughter. Um, I was not a trainer at that point. I did no training. Mm-hmm. Um, and recovery was um, quite hard. I had two C-sections. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, recovery was pretty long, probably because, like, I didn't train, I didn't move. I was, like, the typical mm person who didn't train at all yeah whereas with my son like I trained um very early on and then the recovery was much easier right um so like I didn't do powerlifting before during or after like pregnancy Mm. if that makes sense because I only really went to it in the last two years um would I recommend it Hell yes. Mm. Um, to that intensity, no, absolutely Right, not. okay. And again, it depends on the the client, the, the woman, mm. you know, um, and how well they have trained prior to pregnancy, mm-hmm. whether they trained during pregnancy. Right. That would all dictate how training after pregnancy would work. You know, there's a lot of variables, you know. You can't expect someone who's never done touched a weight yep. before during to then go into powerlifting, mm. you know. Um, but, again, it's all about managing the load. Right. Um, I think with pregnancy, there's so many changes that happen to your body mm. um, and it's about rebuilding all your all your muscles from the inside because right. whether you've had a natural birth or a very traumatic C-section where they've cut through layers and layers of muscle and tissue, um, you've got to build um, build back that that integrity, you know, that because um, it's just loose yeah. or damaged, mm. you know. It's just what it is. Uh, and there's plenty of um, mums who lift Huge yep. numbers. Yep. So um, looking at that, definitely you should train. Mm. Um, ideally pre, 
pregnancy, during pregnancy and post. Yep. But under good guidance of a good trainer yep. who understands um, the pregnant body and what it goes through to a certain extent, but also like being aware of your own body. Yep. You know, um, yeah. I think like it's so different from people to people that, mm. you know, again, anything that I say is really generalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But can they do powerlifting post-pregnancy? Mm. The answer is yes. Mm. Um, how long will that take? That depends. depends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you really got to um, build everything back from the bottom mm-hmm. and be prepared to put in some time, Yeah. you know, to have the basics right. Because mm, I think, uh, well, in Japan, I've had a few people asking me to interview someone who's gone through pre- pregnancy and then still kept lifting. And I think mm. Japan has like a really conservative view when it comes to this. I think if you are pregnant or after pregnancy, you shouldn't really train at all, really. is like mm-hmm. the misconception, misinformation that, uh, you know, people are hearing. And uh, some people are wondering like, oh, well, I don't know, maybe I have to give up powerlifting altogether or I shouldn't train at all. Uh, but I don't know. With there are a lot of strong people who's gone through pregnancy, who's a, mm. you know, who's a mom who's lifting big numbers. So it's definitely, mm. and I don't know myself because, you know, I've never been pregnant. So it's like, you can definitely benefit this uh, to some mm. extent of you doing strength mm. training after pregnancy. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Mm. I think it's, um, it's, it's also like an Asian thing. Hey, yeah. Like, you know, you're so precious when you're pregnant, you know, <laughs> Um, and there are definitely circumstances where, like, the doctor's like, um, no, you need bed rest, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do have complications or you have a high-risk pregnancy, then, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely um, you should either really, really cut back on your training or not train at all. Again, very mm-hmm. individualised, mm-hmm. you know, complications, high-risk, there's a lot of factors involved. Right. But if you're not... If you don't have any of those and you have a you're pretty healthy, you don't have any complications, mm-hmm. the doctor's like you're doing good, the baby's growing, well, there's no reason to continue training. Yeah. You know? um, and and you probably would not train at the same intensity that mm. you used to pre-pregnancy. Right. I think that's I think that's mm-hmm. common sense. Mm. But you know, people again, people are stupid. Yeah. People don't have common sense. So you would definitely pull back on your intensity, continue training, work on, you know, your pelvic floor muscles, work mm-hmm. on um, bracing mm-hmm. um, because your stomach muscles are like under a lot of stress during this time. Obviously, it's being, you know, stretched out so far. Um, and, you know, if you've been training at a pretty good level pre-pregnancy, like there's no reason why you can't train um, at that similar like pulled back with similar intensity like mm. during your pregnancy and again listening to your body like if you feel like you've come out of that thrashed right then you probably should pull back a little bit more mm. you know um but people will do mm. what they want to do people are stupid that's all i want to say <laughs> it's really <laughs> how, bad but how it's long true. how long did it take you to like recover after pregnancy? ah from pregnancy yeah Oh, well, my first one was really bad. Like, um, like I reckon it took me at least a good 12 months to feel normal okay. again. 
Yeah, like um, I don't know what it is. Like, because I was, I think I was nineteen. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, super young. So you'd think that like I'd bounce back, you know, mm. really well, but I didn't feel right for a, for a good twelve months. Mm. Um, and then with my second, I probably felt like good to pretty good, like in about three months. Okay. Yeah, I think I started training seven weeks after giving birth, like very lightweight again. Yeah. I, just, I just wanted to move, you know. Yeah. Um, seven weeks and then again it was just like everything was so heavy and just, you know, felt like crap, you know. It yeah. felt like sloppy. But yeah. it is what it is, you know. You just build back up and then I think in three months I felt pretty good. Mm. Um, yeah, but no more for me, thanks. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, because people who have, like, people like me who hasn't been pregnant, like, I would love to have a child one day, but I, w- I have no idea what it's like. I can't even imagine it, you know? Like, people are telling me so many mm-hmm. things, like, your body is going to break, like, you're going to feel like shit, like, you're going to feel like you're, all your guts inside your stomach is going to come out any second. Like, I don't, I can't even imagine that. Like, and training, yeah. like, not being able to train, I can't imagine that either, so... I don't know. No, I, like, I wouldn't think of it that way. I wouldn't think of like it as in like, oh, I can't imagine not training. Like, you know, yeah. just you just train at a different intensity mm. um, and just work on different different bits, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, There's always things that you could do. Yeah. yeah. I've had um, clients who came back. I, I have a client actually um, who started training with training with me after their first child because they just felt really mm, weak, right? you know. Um, and we got to a point where she was really happy with her strength and where she was and then she got pregnant with her second child. Mm. And she's also um, a very conservative lady and I was like, are we going to continue training um, during pregnancy? She's like, yeah, I feel great. And um, so we went from training very very untrained post-pregnancy lady Mm -hmm. to training throughout pregnancy yeah and then i think we trained up until 39 weeks gave birth and then she came back i think two months after so eight weeks yep and she's she's still trains Mm. and she's like wow the recovery is so much different yeah so much more different grandma um and she feels a difference in terms of like you know it's little things like carrying your baby for a long time that three kilo baby if you carry for like 15 minutes it's really heavy you know Mm. getting up and down picking up the pram and putting it in your boot it's all those little things you know Um, making sure you know how to deadlift you know deadlift is very functional and you've got to pitch it up off the floor right yeah, so a lot of my clients who were pregnant um, see huge benefits in training mm-hmm. before, during, and post-pregnancy. Mm. Yeah, highly recommend it. Yeah, so so maybe some of the listeners who are maybe wondering about this, what are some exercises that you recommend or don't recommend after pregnancy? After pregnancy? Mm. Um, I would probably recommend everything 
Yeah, I don't. After pregnancy, there's nothing you can't do as long as your um, body is ready for it. Mm. If yeah, which is like very vague again. It's so generalized, hey. But um, unless you have had complications um, where you, you you know the doctors recommended you not to train. Yeah, you know simple exercises like the Kegel muscle exercise, mm. like something you can start doing. As soon as you give birth, yeah, um, yeah, and then building that back up, learning how to mm-hmm. brace when you lift, um, simple things like yeah. squats, deadlifts, lunges, you know, um, and now that you're not pregnant anymore, like rotational exercises can come back in, right? Because um, you, you're never going to be in that sort of straight position, you know. You're going to be holding a baby in your arm, twisting to, to, to stir the soup and fix the yeah. fuck. Yeah. You know, it's, it's true. Like yeah. your body is going to go through all these different motions. Um, there's, I, I wouldn't say there's any exercises that you shouldn't do as mm. long as your body can handle it. Right. And, again, I think it depends on the client. Some people just love pushing themselves mm. um, to the point that they break and, with those people, um, it's really important for the trainer to identify that this person doesn't have that that right. break, and you have to put it on. Mm. You know, because you tell them you're gonna deadlift 50 kilos. This is your first session back after your birth six weeks ago. Mm. That's a stupid trainer. Yeah, you know. So the. Ideally, like the trainer should, I you know, recognize that this person, like how much exertion they need, mm-hmm. and put the brakes on if you need to, mm-hmm. and be like, "Yep, that's cool. We're just going to build up real slow." Yep. Um, yeah. Mm, and just Sorry, being with a... I feel like pregnancy is such a a vague. Yeah. Um, it's a very gray area because everyone's so different. Yeah. Everyone's pregnancy their birth their training age is so different Mm -hmm. um that you just have to have a real individualized um approach to it right and and the general rule is yes you should train yeah and having a good trusting uh personal trainer or someone yeah like that yeah that would definitely help yeah okay okay so just um reeling the conversation a little bit back i know that um being athlete in this sport is like it's not just a hobby but it becomes almost like a lifestyle and i know that powerlifting like has taught me a lot of things like you know about like dedication and patience and you know controlling my emotions and stuff like that and i know this is like a very open question but what has powerlifting taught you like maybe as a person and maybe how that affected how you raise your your children Mm. What has it taught me? Mm. Um, it's. I think the main thing it has taught me is um, just to chip at things, you know. Like, again, I, I always say this, but the whole analogy of building things brick by brick mm. um, because my personality is all or nothing. I will give it my all and if it's, like, not something that I want to do, I just won't bother. Mm. You know, um, but you're bound to hear plateaus um, where you just don't. You feel like you're going backwards as well. You know, 
Um, so it's taught me to really shut my own negative thoughts out. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's told me to like shut the fuck up and do it. Mm. Put in the work. Um, resilience, mm. you know, um, and um, it's it's okay to make small progresses. You know, mm. I've I've um, I think a lot of Asian people can. <laughs> You know, you've got to be the best. Yeah. You know, you know, you've got to be number one. Like, and if you're if you're second, you're second. You're not you're not a winner. Mm. You know, that's that's how I've sort of been raised. You know, right. if if you're not number one, mm. you're not number one. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're second or last. Yeah. You're still a loser. That's. And so, like, it for me, it was really hard to like do something that I know I wasn't going to be the best at, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to be the best and I'm not the best. So, but it makes me want to, you know, work on that goal mm-hmm. um, little by little, day by day and rep by rep. That's mm-hmm. that's all you can think about, mm-hmm. you know. Um and if you want something, you just got to just keep at it. Right. That's the main thing. I think mm. resilience and just being like, you know what? I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it. Mm. Yeah. And probably that thought um, process as well probably affected how you raise your children. And maybe your your children do sports as well. Like, has it taught mm. you to raise your children in a specific way or how to approach, you know, things like that? Um, yeah, like I think I'm a bit sometimes hard mm-hmm. in that like if my, if my kids are struggling with something, like I have that same approach where I'm like, well, that's fine, but just keep working on it. Yeah. Know? Which is um, the right way to do it, but I may not come across like so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if it's changed how I yeah. parent yeah. apart from trying to encourage them to build on their skill, mm. you know, um, and do what you want to do yeah. and know that it's going to take time, mm. you know, because we always want that quick fix. Yeah. But everything that you want will take time and will take work. Mm. is what I try to um, teach myself yep. as well as teach my kids. Mm. Um, is everything is about instant gratification right now. You know, you yeah. can just buy it. You can just click on it. But, you know, my son does BJJ mm. and I'm like, well, if you want to get better at it, you just got to practice. Yeah. You know, um, my daughter, she does cheerleading. Mm. It's like, well, if you want a certain skill, you've got to keep working at it. Mm. You know, you can't just expect to turn up and be like, oh, my gosh, I can do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, which is hard um, if they're not naturally sort of wired to think that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a bit of a no bullshit kind of person, I think. Right. Uh, where I'm like, well, if you're shit, you're shit. <laughs> You know, so yeah. what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Do you want to do it or not? If you want to do it, then you got to work for it. Yeah. At the end of the day, I can't make you do it. Mm. If you want it, you've got to put in time, you've got to put in hard work. It's, 
it's mm. all about that yeah. that balance right of like trying to more like try trying to be hard on them and being like if you lose that's not a good thing teaching them that but it's like how if you lose then how can you connect that to to becoming better because i know my, my parents were very conventional japanese parents and um mm. whenever i did do sports and i didn't do well they would pretty much be like well you're shit and that was it. Like it wasn't. It wasn't much of like, what are you gonna do about did it? Did they let you do sports? No, they did, but it was like, um, they would just bash on me like all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like uh-huh. you lost. Well, you're a piece of shit. Like you're not gonna become yeah. anything. Blah blah blah. blah. And yeah, that's. Yeah. And they think that that's like how I'm gonna like motivate myself to become better. But like me as a child, I'm not that strong. You know, like if people tell me that I'm shit. Then I actually believe I'm a piece of shit, and I just—it's the balance of <laughs> trying to motivate. It's super yeah. hard. Mm. I mean, you also don't want to be like, "Oh, darling, you're the best. Yeah. You came like last, but don't worry, here's yeah. your participation medal." Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm freaking against that as well. Mm. Um, but you know, I'm awful like. Because I guess, like, you know, we grew up where it was, like, it's all or nothing, you're number one or you're not. Mm. And you, like, this is the plan that I have for you and this is what you're going to do. And a lot of the time it's not what you want to do. You know, like, very typical is, like, they thought I should have become a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah. No. (laughs) You know, and so, like, when I didn't do doctors, it's not like I didn't, like, you know, whatever. Mm. It's like you're a failure. Mm. you know um like uh, with my daughter and my son I'm like what do you want to be and they're like I don't know and I'm like just just do whatever you want to do as long as like you enjoy it you know and and Mm. let's be sensible makes you some sort of money you can't just be like um like a hobo creative artist person yeah not that all creative artists are hobos okay i'm just saying yeah like as long as you you can make a life for yourself Mm -hmm. do what you enjoy doing because um for me growing up like i had to work for my um right to do sports like okay if i wanted to do sports i had to get straight a's Mm. you know like i would get questioned if i got an a minus okay like i was like oh i would just want an a not an A minus, you mm. know. Um, it was like a big deal. So for me to do sports, I had to go to um, tutoring. I had to get the grades. Yeah. Like what if I got a B? Oh my gosh! Like all hell would break loose. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think because I did pretty well, like at school to a certain point, um, the expectations were high. Mm. Um, but it was very much forced, you know. Um, and I've spoken to, you know, my parents and it's like it was obvious that growing up my passion was in sports. Right. But it was more like they thought it would be best for me to have a stable job as a doctor or a lawyer. Like, mm. what? How boring. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, for me, like, I really try to give my kids as much opportunity and freedom as I can um, because, I mean, what's the point of, like, A's and B's and good grades if yeah. that's not what you want to do? Yeah. Um, 
so like yeah. yeah yeah even like like lifting like what what's the point of getting like the best total in the world if you fucking hated it mm, you hated lifting and you were doing right. it because you got paid like that would be so shit you know yeah um so i really admire people that just love small wins yeah I, I feel like yeah like i really envy people who are so happy about celebrating small wins mm. because i'm not used to that that i'm only used to being celebrated for being the best right um you, you know what i mean being right? asian is hard yeah far out <laughs> asian parenting right hashtag asian parenting yeah. it's so for me um i think maybe it's taught me to celebrate small wins right because those small wins will ultimately add up to you know bigger wins yeah you know um so with my kids i hope that i'm able to do that for them mm. Um, yeah, and just that mentality of building on building on things. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Do you think your 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 children would be interested in doing powerlifting, like following your path? Um. So my daughter competed last year. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I saw the, the squat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She did pretty good. Um, I think she, she weighed in like squat. something like. No- 39 kilos or something wow um i think she was just 13 um she did pretty well i can't remember her numbers to be honest um, <laughs> but she did really well yep um and i think for her it was um a really good for both of us it was really good to bond over those little pbs during mm-hmm. training and um support and stuff like that and she still wants to lift, but wow. I think for her, her main sport right now, like she really enjoys cheerleading mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, again, um, you know, I used to do cheerleading in Japan. Okay. And um, so she she loves it, you know, because it's dance, it's gymnastics. It's a very, very, um, it's very, very hard sport that people don't give them enough credit for, right. you know. Yeah. Um, so she's really into that at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son, he like if we take him to the gym, he'll be like you know trying to lift, squat, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't said anything. Um, we're trying to get him into a bit more BJJ at the moment. Mm-hmm. He's more into games, which just oh, okay, okay, okay. frustrating. Like, but that's another thing more- that you have to accept, right? Like I don't oh, know how I, I would raise my children if they play games all the time because I want to be accepting, but then I don't know how I'd feel in that situation. Yeah. I mean, I feel like sometimes I feel bad because I make him work for it, like games. Mm. Um, Because, you know, if he doesn't... But I think it's important for kids to stay active. Right. You know, it's not like I force him to do training three hours in the morning, three hours at night Mm. and competition. Yeah, you know, we go twice a week for an hour, you know, if that, to be honest. Um, for me, it's just about keeping them somewhat active mm-hmm. in this um, age where there's so much obesity in kids. Mm. Um, yeah, and I'm pretty fortunate in that, like, my kids are are not in the obese range at mm. all. And, and wanting they're to pretty be healthy. active. Yeah. yeah, they run around, they do their own thing. So I'm not worried in any way. Um, but for me, like, whether it's sport or 
you know, academics or their hobbies. Like I just really, I, I honestly just love, love it when um, people are just love something, you know. Mm, okay. So I just want them to find something that they love. And mm-hmm. for my son, unfortunately, like I keep saying, games. Like, <laughs> I hate it, you know. You don't know, like, in this day and age, like, people make career out of playing games. I know, I know. And if he wants to do that, that's great, but I hate it. (laughs) I just think it's such a waste of time. But, you know, yeah, you're right. There's people who make millions, you know, um, out of it, whatever. But I just want them to find something that they really love doing and Mm. can support themselves. Mm. Yeah, because I, I just don't believe in just all passion and living at home. Yeah. I want them to live at home, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you still have to be a useful um, person in society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So as long as you can do that yep. and you're a decent person and you have a passion, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Okay. Well, there we have yeah. it. I think, I don't know, people with maybe children or... Uh, who's gone through pregnancy and want to keep lifting can take a lot of good message from this talk. Um, what if people want to hear what you're like, keep want to keep up to date with what you're doing and stuff like that? Where can people reach you? Uh, I would say just probably Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, like um, that's probably where I post all my training videos. Um, that's, yeah. I, I don't really have any other... Mm-hmm. social account apart from my my personal facebook mm-hmm. um, and, and my instagram what's your um instagram handle for... uh Debbie poon d-e-m-i-p-o-o-n okay Debbie. i'll be linking that and um maybe last question what are your mm-hmm. goals in terms of power in terms of powerlifting um from now on maybe this year or next year uh, goals. Mm. Um, I would definitely like some more PBs. Hey, mm-hmm. um, like this year, like I don't plan to compete, and I don't think there's any comps around. I would like like to go to Worlds again at some point, mm-hmm. um, and and be at a more competitive level. Right. Um, I don't see myself as you know, like an elite athlete in any way. Um, I still think there's a lot to to do before I even get to that point. Like when I went last year, it was because I was given the opportunity Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to make the most of it. Mm -hmm. And so glad I did because this year everything's just cancelled, you know. So super fortunate that Mm -hmm. I got to experience that. Um. Yeah, so maybe next year or in the next few years, I would love to go to Worlds again. Um, again, just building mm-hmm. each session and hoping to be at a more competitive level. Mm-hmm. Like, as you said, step by step and celebrating each small wins, right? That's it, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I want, like, if I want to lift heavy it's like you're not going to get there overnight just by wishing for it you mm-hmm. know then so you got to put in the work and i think for me it's not it's training of course but a lot of it comes down to nutrition as well like mm. when nutrition could be a lot better 
um, my basic um, level of um, like sleeping, hydration, all of that is super important. And yeah. my my problem is that I only really focus on that um, at the end stage where it's close to comp and I need to, to cut mm-hmm. maybe like a few kilos. Yeah. Um, but if I was more consistent with that during my off-season, I would probably... I would probably be lifting a little more, but you know, there's that. You know, oh, that's my dog. Sorry. <laughs> um, there's always that. Like, I, I don't want to be counting my macros yeah. throughout the whole year. Like, I want to have a bit of fun. And yeah, like I could be lifting five kilos more now mm-hmm. if I was perfect with my diet. But like, I I still need to live my life. Yeah, you know. And um, I think you said before, like, you know, powerlifting is life. And, like, I think everyone initially goes through that phase where, you know, this is awesome, I love it. Mm. Um, But at the end of the day, um, powerlifting is really just one part of my life Mm. that um, is for me, like, for my benefit, really. Like, my family doesn't benefit from me lifting heavy. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm not sponsored. Mm. I don't get any um, <clears throat> any monetary return from the sport. So as much as I want to take it seriously, um, mm. one, I'm not at that level. Right. And two, it's just, um, it is just a part of my life that I enjoy um, working on. Mm. You know? Yeah, very yeah. important to control that, the, the emotional attachment part of lifting and stuff yeah. like that and controlling that with your normal, your work and your personal life with your children yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely important. Oh, yeah. I think got a lot of um, valuable uh, information, experiences and knowledge from you during this episode. Thank you so much for being on the show with me. Thank you so much for having me. I hope um, it wasn't all for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll already. Okay, thank you so much.